Hello! Welcome to Round Breaking, a guide and how to break at speech and debate tournaments. I'm your host, Scott. In today's episode, we're going to go over a crowd-pleasing, exciting, engaging, energetic, uh, uh, emotional, uh, uh, eventful event. <laughs> Yeah, you are welcome. It is Duo, Duo Interpretation. So it's one of my absolute favorite events. And I know I've said that for literally every single one of my episodes, but that's just how I feel. And this is a deceptively difficult event, but it is the best. You and your partner get to bring to life an interp speech and you get it, do it, and you get to do it together. I remember I did this my senior year, and it was the event that I ended up going to nationals in, and it was so much fun. And what I find actually kind of odd seeing my own students now is that usually seniors want to be like, oh, yeah, I want to do this now, because I guess it just takes you, I don't know, four years of high school to, like, develop the courage and maybe, I don't know, social skills to take on this event. I mean, it's understandable, right? Because if you already have trouble finishing your speeches by yourself now... You now have to include another person in this as well. So, you know, you and your partner are have to, you, know, you guys have to work in sync with each other. So working together and working together well is so important. But you know what? We're going to get into that later. But let's first, let's go over the rules. So for due interpretation, um, all interp rules apply because this is an, this is an interp event. So as I mentioned in my DI, again, publish material, uh, you know, like, it needs to be published, you need to be, uh, you know, you're interpreting it humorously for if you're doing HI, dramatically if you're doing a DI, yada, 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 yada. Um, so let me go over the rules specific to Duo. So what's interesting about Duo, and if you notice when you watch the event, it kind of looks kind of weird, because, number one, Duo partners may not make eye contact with one another during the interpretation. And in the event eye contact is made, the duo will be penalized by no more than one rank by tab room officials. And so that means that like during your piece, you cannot look at each other. You cannot make eye contact. You cannot interact with each other, right? So eye contact during the intro is optional um, and it's allowed, but I actually encourage my students to just you know what, let's just not even risk it because there might be some judges who don't really understand this rule and be like, oh, you looked at each other and then like dock you. So I usually encourage that. But you know, if you're at like at state or whatever or at nationals, you know, go forth, young ones. Um, I think in my duo, I think I made eye contact, but I don't know if we did. Um, and in addition to not making eye contact with each other, you can uh you cannot touch each other. So you cannot have any physical or eye contact with one another. You can react to each other's verbal or nonverbal expressions, but you cannot touch each other. If physical contact is noted as a violation, the duo will also be dropped one rank. If the physical contact is determined to be intentional, the duo will be given last place in the round. And so, of course, these penalties are going to be from tournament to tournament. And, um, and of course, physical contact you know, between the partners during the introduction is optional and it is allowed. But again, as with rule number one of not making eye contact, I generally tell my students to do not do that because you might have judges be like, oh, you can't touch each other. So be very, very mindful. That makes this event, this makes this duo incredibly difficult to coordinate 
because you literally cannot see your partner. Maybe in like your peripheral vision, but you know, it's it takes practice. It takes practice. And I'm sure as you guys seen, the duos out there are very interactive and a lot of close misses, and it's just like exciting and cool, but we'll get into that later. And uh, rule number three, each of the two performers may play one or more characters as long as the performer's responsibility in the cutting remains as balanced as possible. So you can't have like a duo team go in and it's just one person with one really, really long monologue and then the other person just standing there silent and mining. Um, That's, I don't know if that's, I don't know, I guess... Interpret it as you will, um, you know, again, refer to your coaches for further instruction. But, you know, I feel like just be, do this event in the spirit of these rules, right? Like, maybe one assigning, that's a lot of work. Like, it just can't, like, it needs to look like it's, like, it's equal work. And, um, yeah, those are the three major rules. Don't make eye contact, don't touch each other, and the performance needs to be as balanced as possible. Um, so that's like just the basics, you know, and of course, in addition to have the interp rules. So those are just the rules for a duo, really not that many. Um, but what makes it so exciting, it's, it's the only speech event where you get to have a partner. Cause I feel like when I was in, when I was in speech and I was doing, I got a little jealous of debate people. Cause I was like, well, they get to have like a partner. Why can't I? And, um, do well, you have your partner and I didn't realize. Yes, it's a lot of fun. And when you watch rounds and we watch finals or national finals or whatever, it's just like the most amazing, entertaining, um, you know, like thing to watch because you get to watch two people do interb and that's just amazing. You, it's like a mini play. You get to see like a 10 minute one act play, uh, perform right in front of you, you know, speech and debate styles. And it's like just so entertaining. So let's get into how to break. At Duo. So Duo nationally is a very, very, very competitive event. And in California, also very competitive. Um, what's interesting about Southern California is this year, these, these past two years, it hasn't been as competitive because, well, during the pandemic, you guys were forced to tape your duos and post them on YouTube. And then during competition, you were judged asynchronously. So for the rules, the above isn't for in-person. If you taped yours, Obviously, eye contact and body contact is just not applicable. Um, I believe Nationals and Chasa both stated that you both much, you both each need to have your own, um, window, your own screen, your own camera. And so and you guys had like cut it together either over Zoom or something. And you know, there's very specific rules. Um, and so you inadvertently making eye contact or touching or touching each other won't be a problem. So um, I'm just going to go over the rules for in-person as we're slowly transitioning back to in-person tournaments. And then we're going to briefly go over tips for taped duos. So the number one most important rule that I feel like is very not... I mean, it's a really obvious rule, but I feel like as students and as a teenager, you might forget this rule because, you know, friends... But this is my number one absolute, and this is very important. You need to select the right partner. And I cannot stress this enough. You need to select the right 
partner. That might not necessarily be your best friend, unfortunately. It might be your best enemy. It might be someone you don't like personally very well, but you work well together and you have chemistry, right? Selecting the right partner will set you up for success for this event because there's two of you. Ask any debate team how like how they operate. They're going to have their own system, right? It's kind of like dating. You need to find the right person. Because for duo, you both need to be committed. You both need to work well with each other. You have to complement each other. Most importantly, you need to have chemistry. If you have zero chemistry and it's really obvious you do not like each other, it's going to be super obvious to your audience and to the judges, right? You want to be using your own strengths um, and bolstering and propping up your partner with your strengths and downplaying each other's weaknesses with each other's strengths. You're not twins, right? You're not doing this with your clone. You're doing this with another individual. And um, there's so much trust that you need for duo. At least in debate, you can could you can confer with your partner in real time. You don't get that in duo. Once you guys start your speech, you start your speech. And then like if you guys mess up, you just have to figure out between you two how you guys can get back onto track because that's very stressful. Um, you literally need blind trust since you can't see your partner, what they're doing. And you also need a partner that can match your energy, right? Because if someone's giving the 110% into the duo and the other person is just like, eh, you're not going to, you're just not going to break. You're just, you know, cause both of you guys aren't, you guys are being judged as a team. Um, and that's why selecting the right partner is so important. Are they, you know, if it's your best friend, great, wonderful, right? But you both have to be able to work together on it constantly. You have to be able to practice. You're going to have to be able to give, like, critique each other objectively. Um, you're going to have to be able to, like, get each other. And Duo is so collaborative, which brings me to tip number two. You have to communicate. This shouldn't be on here but it's a really obvious tip that people forget all the time just like in debate with duo you need to be communicating with your partner at all times even during your speech right you have to like know where your cues are know where your choreography and your blocking is knowing where your partner is going to be at all times knowing their quirks you have to be able to work together all the time doing regular like meetings outside of practice right you guys have to find time because you know, it it takes, I would argue, like, Duo took took more time to block and plan out and whatever than just, like, your normal DI, HI, OO, or, you know, Xbox or whatever. Because, well, you have to work with someone else. You have to coordinate with someone else's schedule. And because Duo is so collaborative, right, like, we're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna just listen to one, one, I mean, you might, you might, but it's a duo. It's your, it's the two of you. So it should be a collaboration. You should be working with your partner together to be figuring out what's the subtext. What's the choreography going to look like? How are we going to deliver this? What do these characters sound like? What are these characters positions? What are these character stances? Where are we, where are we in relation to each other? And, um, and this will lead into my third point, but that's really important because to know, like, you know, how, how well you can communicate with your partner because, you're literally just doing a two-person scene with just the two of you guys. So it's kind of like a mini play. Like I mentioned earlier, you're able to put on like a little play for like a little performance for 
they're judging your audience, which means number three, selecting the right piece is going to be so important. Just because you watched Will and Grace or you watched Friends or you watched Avatar, The Last Airbender doesn't mean it's going to be a good duo. Right. It might not be the right piece for you guys, but it'll be work great for another partner or for like another cut. So you guys have to both be on board with the piece you select, which again is difficult. If you already have trouble selecting your own topic or piece or your interp or original as one person, now imagining throwing a whole nother person into that. And then you guys have to like fight over like these good ideas. Right. So movies, plays, books are all great places to look at. Um, I would honestly would argue plays are better than movies just because plays were meant to be seen on a stage. And in duo, we have a fake stage in front of a classroom, most likely. So it's already written in a format that is built for plays. And I'm not discouraging you to use movies. I just fear, not fear, that's a terrible word. I just worry and have concerns about people doing movies because generally, Everyone has seen those movies, so they already have a preconceived notion. They already have an expectation of what that should be. And so unless you're doing a completely reinterpretation of a movie, for instance, I don't know, you do a humorous interpretation of Passion of the Christ. I don't know why that popped in my head. But like, oh, okay, I guess maybe. I mean, good luck with that. Or you're doing like a dramatic, you're doing a dramatic interpretation, the two of you, of Dude, Where's My Car?, um, you know, people are going to have certain expectations for these movies, right? Um, and even TV shows. So I would generally try to stay away from those because those are hard to cut down to 10. Again, you only have 10 minutes to do this with a 30 second, like, grace period. So it's really not that much amount of time. So that's why I would say one act plays are probably the best place to start if you're a beginner. And if you're a little bit more experienced with duo, then yeah mess with the format mess with because you know you've you've done the event um and you're comfortable with like cutting a good piece go for it but you want to set you up for success and the best way to do that is to just cut out any of that worrisome and then just go directly into you know a book or a play or whatever if you want to do a movie great if you have a great cut go ahead which leads into me which leads into number four, having a good cut. And I'm going to say this for every single one of my episodes that's about interp, you need to have a strong cut. And remember, it's not just you with one person. There's two of you. So the way that you would cut a DA or an HI might be very different with how you cut your duo because you have one other person that you need to work with who also needs an equal amount of performance. And not only that, you're also incorporating your blocking core with each other, which I'll get into in a hot second. Uh, so having a good solid cut uh, and making sure that your piece flows and has all the elements of storytelling, the introduction, the exposition, the build-up, the climax, uh, I'm sorry, the rising action, the climax, the denouement, and the ending, right? You need to hit all these points for you to have a complete storyline. So having a strong cut is also setting you up for success and ensuring that you're doing everything in your power to give the judge the best impression and the best 10 minutes that you can give, which leads me into number five. Make sure you're reacting to each other's lines. It's really, this is again, just acting one-on-one. It's really easy to just give your line and you're so focused on being off book and having it memorized and saying the line correctly and how you want to say it. 
but you have to have to react because you have a scene partner. If you're just in like a, a HI or a GI, you're by yourself. So you are reacting to your own piece. But with your duo, you're also, you have to listen, right? Which also re, which integrates back into my number two of communication. A key part of communication is listening. So when you're doing your scene, when you're running your lines, you have to react to each other's lines, right? You're still up there on stage with each other. You're still in front of, the classroom and you're presenting your speech this is a two-person scene so you know your characters or character needs to be reacting to whatever your partner is saying which will just give your duo a much stronger sense i feel like i shouldn't be bringing this up but just a very strong reminder because that's you know that's what's gonna determine a one two three versus a five six seven right like it's that's that's gonna separate you know, the adults from the children, from the novices to varsity, right? React to each other's lines. And which leads me into number six, explore your duo with your blocking and your choreography to make it interesting. So this, again, because I'm from the LA area, the California style of duo is very different from what the national scene likes. So California generally for inter, the more animated you are, especially for humorous uh, interpretations, um and you know humorous duos the more animated the more choreography the more blocking the more near misses the more integrated where you can actually do really cool blocking where you enter you know where you use your arms and your legs to like intertwine with each other but again not touching makes it really interesting so when i did our duo we had you know, I built that into our duo. We had multiple near misses. There were a few instances where it looks like we were going to touch, but we weren't. And it's just to kind of like, at that point, I guess we were kind of showing off of like, oh yeah, like we're so in sync with each other that we're able to give our duo without like touching each other. It's like, that's part of it. But that's very specific to California. On the national level, you know, they preferred it a little bit more toned down, a little bit more realistic, a little bit more play-slash-movie-like, right? So for you Californians out there, yeah, ham it up. Go full into your blocking, go full into your choreo, and once you make it to nationals, then you have to honestly, literally, rework your entire duo for the national scene. Because again, California, while... We are very strong in DI. Our HIs and duos just don't find as much success on the national scene because that's not what the rest of the U.S. likes. You know, that we're, we're apparently some weird unicorn out there that they don't like under the California style. So, you know, it's part of you want to break and you want to do well. You just have to play with these games. I think that they're wrong <laughs> because we, my partner and I, even though we were our district champion, and we were also our league champion. Um, state, I mean, at nationals, they did not like our duo. We did very poor at nationals. We did very, 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 very poor at nationals. And um, we got pretty, we got ripped apart in, in the comments. Like, they really did not like our piece. So it's just, you know, it's a matter of personal taste. So just be cognizant of the differenti- of like the difference between a California style and the national style which, you know, most of us don't have to worry about until Nats. And I've said this already, number seven, you are creating a mini play. So this really is just, it's, it's, it's like a 10-minute play. So, you know, your blocking, your choreo needs to be kind of realistic. Your miming needs to be very strong. And both of you should be practicing in a mirror. Um, and we'll get into about taping your duo soon. But t- 
taping it is a great way of seeing, oh, I do that weird thing. That's good to know. Because then you and your partner can be like, oh, okay, this is what's happening and why we keep hating each other or like what's going on. And like you just like a play, you need to be rehearsing your you need to be rehearsing your piece all the time um, and playing around with like, you know, what you guys have have done and see what works. And don't forget, like you need to again, like you're working with your partner and you're figuring out what works for you guys. Like, oh, you might figure out while you're taping yourselves or while you're working in a mirror. This is why I'm tripping over you because you're not moving fast enough or your leg is in a really weird position when we're doing this scene. Can we somehow, re- you know what I mean? Like it's again, collaborative, right? Like you have to figure out what's the best movement for you guys. And uh, my final tip is have fun. That's like, rid- that's a ridiculous tip. But if you notice in finals or just even in most duo rounds, everyone's really having a lot of fun. So duo is actually usually one of the harder events to judge because who doesn't love to watch duo and who doesn't love doing duo? Like I think getting a speech ready is challenging, but it's just so much fun working with your partner. Once you select your right partner and you're communicating well and you have your right piece and you have a strong cut, everything should really fall into place, right? Like it should just naturally like it should snowball because you're excited to be working together you have chemistry, you're working well, you have a good cut, you know, so reacting to each other's lines should be super easy. You know, your, you know, your piece should really block itself and it doesn't, you know, you guys are going to have fun doing it together. And when you guys are finally prepared and completely off book, then you guys can really just have fun with it. I remember, I think our best round was at national was, was at, um, the finals in our district quals at Nat quals because my partner and I, we already knew our piece forwards and backwards, upside down, in and around. If we forgot a line, I knew exactly what her lines were. Not saying you need to know all your partner's lines, but it's really hard not to know your partner's lines. Um, and, you know, you just have fun with it. Like, we started playing around with characters. We started playing around with voices and, like, just having a grand old time. Because I think... Well, also, I think, well, we were in a different mindset, but just if you have fun, it's going to be really, really obvious to the judge and to the audience that you guys are really enjoying this. Even if it's a dramatic piece, you can still have fun with it, right? You're trying to, like, DI everyone with your partner, you're trying to make everyone cry, you're trying to, you're trying to evoke some kind of strong emotion. So that's just really, you know, those are, like, the basics. I mean, once you, once you have all this figured out, once you have, you know, my... Uh, my eight rules, selecting the right partner, communication, selecting the right piece, having a good cut, reacting to each other's lines, exploring your blocking choreography, and approaching this as like a mini play slash one act, and having fun. I can't see a reason why you guys wouldn't be why you guys wouldn't be breaking into finals other than personal preference of the judge, honestly. As long as you're putting in your best and you're having a lot of fun, the judge can see. And your job is to honestly make the judge's job hard to see who's going to be number one because it's just going to be that entertaining. And so from that, I'm going to pivot on towards judging about um, over the pandemic because you guys were not allowed to do this in person. You guys had to do this. You guys had to tape it. And which involves even more um, work because now you have to like plan for a camera that you're just not used to. 
So when I was, when I, I tell my students that when you're taping it, you know, set up your camera and we need to see your full body. It doesn't have to be shoe to the top of your head, but it should at least be from below the knee to the top of your head and some space to the top of your head so we can see your entire body. So when you do have blocking, when you do have choreo, we can see you, right? Interp is all about, yes, emoting through your words and your delivery, but also through your body and your face. So if we can't see you, we can't judge you. Um, And when you set up your camera, use tape. Tape off where you are going to be off frame of the camera, literally, because then you know exactly how much space you have to work with for your interp. And this applies for any interp or any speech event there is that you have to pre-tape to submit for competition, because then you immediately know where you will be out of frame and will where will you be in frame. And what's interesting is during the pandemic, duos, a lot of people did play with camera. Because since you're not allowed to touch or make eye contact with each other, that's not an issue when you're taping it. So how else can you interact with each other, right? Because that's part of duo is making a compelling, interesting piece while interacting with each other's blocking. And it's you, it might seem so crazy and insane, but I don't see that any different from like a live performance because while, while you're taping it, you can't see your partner do their speech. Um, you technically can't even see your partner in person either. It's just, I guess you can like, quote unquote, like feel them or like, you know, see them from the corner of your eye. But taping it, you don't have that luxury. So that really does need to be like really knowing your camera angles and really knowing the limitations of your camera, like frame. And also playing with that as well, using it to your advantage. So I judged a, a finals round with Duo. And I think the winning duo team, that's what they did. They played with the framing where, you know, they would stick one head out and then the other body was out of frame. So they look like a horse or like, you know, having one one hand reach across the screen, but it's like the actual that, you know, the person's hand or whatever. Playing with the medium is is the same as exploring blocking and choreo. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, around this time, half the nation, most of the nation is probably still doing duo um, asynchronously, like where you have to tape it. But I know there are some districts and some schools that have already started in-person tournaments. So, you know, we don't know when this pandemic is going to end. I'm, we're hoping for this year, but it just seems like for the near future, taping your duo is going to be the norm until, you know, the pandemic is over unfortunately so those are my tips duo was an amazing event it seems very very intimidating and it is intimidating i'm not gonna mince words it is not an easy event but i guarantee if you find the right partner and you find the right person to work with it is so much fun i didn't think i was gonna work well with my partner because at that time she was kind of she was chaotic (laughs) she was like chaotic neutral it was kind of scary like what like watching her but you know she was an amazing in hi she was very well focused and you know she really loved hi and when we saw the opportunity of like working together as a duo we tentatively approached it and our first practice went off really well. Like we did a read. Clearly we had chemistry because we were already like pretty good friends. Um, 
I was more worried about the work ethic because at that time I was the captain of my team. She was just a sophomore. So I was like, Ooh, I don't know if like, you know, she's going to be up for my level of commitment. You know what? She met me. She met me above and beyond. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, ask any duo, even if they didn't do well, if they had fun and they regret working together, I'm going to probably 99.9% of the time they're going to be like, Oh yeah, this is amazing. This is awesome. Maybe we didn't break, but it was like the best thing ever. Or yeah, we did break and it was nationals and it was like feeling like the top of the world. It's great because you're there with like one of your like best friends. Um, although it might not be. Duo is just one of those events where when you crash and burn, you will have, you have a built-in support system. If you do well, you have a built-in support system. Um, and that's what I really appreciate about Duo is that you know, you always have someone to lean on. You always have someone to be there with you and be on stage with you. And when you guys do well, it's the best thing in the world to have someone there with you who can fully understand your piece and can fully understand that moment. And when you guys don't do well, to commiserate with each other, to be like, okay, well, how can we improve this and not fall into finger pointing and I'm very glad me and my partner never, that never happened unless one of us like, I did mess up all the time because I was very intimidated by doing a comedic scene. But you know what? My partner helped me through it and she helped me get over my fear of doing a humorous interpretation because that was her event. So I really relied on her to help us break through that barrier. And I, you know, with my discipline, I was able to get us, you know, up and running and like having regular meetings. And, you know, it's like finding your other lobster. You're finding your, your, the right partner. If what works, it works. And you know what? If your duo isn't happening, you might just need to just try to find another partner. And that's, that's hard. You know, it's hard. And I get it. It's hard. It's friendships and, you know, social relationships. But in the end, it's so worth it. Just try it. It's duo. There's two of you guys. Duo! One, two is two. Wait. One plus one is two. Maybe we can add that at the end. One plus one is duo! I don't know. That That's that's embarrassing. Groundbreaking is a podcast created and produced by me, Scott Wen. This episode was produced and scored by David Gonzalez. His Instagram account is at dgonzalezmusic. And that's with two Zs. Two Zs, y'all. If you have any questions or requests, you can always email me at roundbreaking at gmail.com or look forward to this hearing from you guys give me some feedback maybe not no don't please don't do the internet i don't know i don't know what i'm saying okay bye guys bye